What do you do when success changes you? When the people you like to hang out with in the past don't interest you as much? When the things you used to like to do no longer hold your attention? And when your newfound income separates you from the pack? How do you make sense of it all? How do you move forward without resenting your success? And how do you find balance? That's what we're talking about today on Business Mindset Mastery. Hi, nice to have you. I'm Heather Gray. I'm a mindset and performance coach for business owners, leaders, and entrepreneurs. You can always find me over at choosetohaveitall.com. And today we're diving into the, the reality that success changes us, that being dreamers changes us, that having new income changes us. How do we make sense of it? How do we control it? How do we get ahead of it so that it changes us in ways that feels like it's for the better, to make us better humans rather than sort of shadow versions of ourselves? That's what today's listener is struggling with, and I think I can help. So let me find you on the other side of this letter. Heather, I've been in online business for three years. I'm finding incredible success. Running a business and managing a few customer service, uh, running, sorry, running a business and managing a few customer service staff members really seems to suit me. However, I don't like myself very much anymore. I see that it's changing me and I'm not sure that I like the person I'm becoming. This past 4th of July, I was with all of my best friends for our annual tradition on the lake. All of our families get together. I used to start the countdown for this at day 100. This year, I was surprised to find myself dreading it. And during it, I had several moments where I just felt bored. That has never happened before. I'm usually weeping 24 hours before it's over because it's almost over. I have less in common with my crew now. Our differences in income are starting to feel palpable and divisive too. That embarrasses and sickens me to say it, but it doesn't make it any less true. I don't expect people to get what I do and they don't make me explain it or defend it, but it does seem to leave me separate from a lot of the conversations. I have changed. I have new interests and while superficial to some, I care about what's happening with entrepreneurship and I want to be around more people like me who throw caution to the wind and live lives that are less safe and conventional. Yet these people, the ones I tell you bore me, well, they picked me off the ground when I miscarried twins. Five years ago, when my husband had a freak work accident and was out of work for a while, they rallied around us, fed us, took care of us, and had our backs like no one else possibly could. Who am I becoming? Is money really changing me this month? Ever since the fourth, I just can't stop hating myself. Please help me. Okay. Yes, I, I think I do need to help you. We we have to get you to stop hating yourself. Um, I, I think that we start this by helping you get a better understanding of the problem. You are making this um, like A plus B equals C, and it's, it's not that direct. Um, your business plus your success is not equaling you being shallow-minded, <laughs> bored with your friends, and um, you know consumed with business. That's not the story here. Um, the story here is one that I share with you. The idea that the moment you decide to live your life on your terms, 
to just say yes, to take a risk, to invest in yourself, to go all in on a dream, that moment, regardless of how it turns out, changes you. You suddenly really are capable of more. You want to do more. You're more interested. You're more invested because you have seen that you looked fear in the face and you walked on by and you just did your thing. Then you start to started to enjoy sort of the the luxuries that success can bring. That you know that's the stuff that comes up when people talk about income. They can get a nicer car, they can go to a nicer restaurant, their kids can, you know, do the latest and greatest things, and that can kind of feel weird for people who aren't sort of used to and um accustomed to having um more expendable wealth really right um so there's two things going on first i i can help you make sense of the the money thing that's a money mindset thing and i i can help you um manage that a little bit um but the first part that we have to really get you to recognize and understand you have not stopped loving these people you have not stopped caring about these people. You still know and hold and value with all of your being how good they are as people, how important they are to you. You have just changed. Your opinions of them haven't changed. Perhaps you are less interested in some of the things they talk about. But what I really read in that letter of what's missing on that 4th of July is that you weren't around other people who live life the way you do. You made it about money. You made it that like, because I can afford to do more things or because I drove up in a fancier car or, you know, we were able to splurge on this, you know, etc, etc, etc. This means that. I have to tell you (laughs) that it's simply true that when your interests change and you don't find them matched in the friends that got you to this point, it's a moment of loss. It's a moment of grief. And it's it's something you're going to have to learn to live with. And accept that doesn't mean you can't be friends with these people, but you have to start looking at where the commonalities still exist. And the thing that draws you all together, the thing that keeps you connected, the things that really, really matter to you are the relationships. So yes, your interests may be different, but I don't think all of your interests are different. If y'all used to do s'mores on the lake, which is, um, I don't even know what lake you're on, but I've totally, by the way, pictured you at Lake Winnipesaukee because I'm an East Coast gal. And when people talk about 4th of July on the lake, they're all always talking about Lake Winnipesaukee. So by the way, if you've never heard of it, that's where I'm picturing you and your friends. But like sitting on a beach, s'mores at night, you know, just chewing the shit with your friends. Like I, it's not my story that that doesn't interest you anymore, that you have changed so much that you don't just value life's simple pleasures because you're too busy hobnobbing it in the penthouse apartments and hotels, but that you have additional interests that 
you don't see in your friends. So that when you go away for a week or a weekend, you don't just want to sit on the lake, you know, toss back a beer, play a game of volleyball. You would also like to have a really good dynamic conversation about what people are doing with their lives and their businesses or what's next. Not because you're business obsessed, not because you're money focused, but because you're genuinely interested. One of the ways you can do that is to do it before you go to the lake next time. To know that our people can't be everything to us. At some point in time, they were. So we didn't pay attention when the differences started to, you know, sort of emerge and we realized we didn't care about the same things or certainly couldn't spend the same amount of time talking about such things. But you you can find people who, who share your interests, who are also business owners, people who are colleagues, who've been in your shoes and you can build separate friendships with them so that sometimes you're going out to dinner with them some weekends you're going out to you know out with them that you are finding another place to have that need met because that's what you're identifying is that you have changed and as a result of changing you just have new needs you have new interests you need to be challenged in a new and different way and once you get those needs met it's so much easier to go back to your crew. I love that you call them your crew, by the way. Um, But it's so much easier to go back to your crew and meet them where they're at and enjoy that time and enjoy the history and the relationships because you are not trying to get them to be things that they can't be. Now the income thing, um, you know, it's interesting. Uh, it was like a week and a half or so ago, I think, that we we had an episode, um, you know, where somebody was talking about working with the wealthy people. I think that there's a lot of um, guilt and shame um, around um, either having a lot of money or um, working with people who have a lot of money. And it, it's really something you have to wrap your mind around a little bit differently. And I can tell you, I've been working now with really super successful business for the past several years. Um, And your story of wealth and what it's going to mean to you, you have to make it intentional. You have to kind of say like, at some point in time, I just wanted a business that got me out of my day job. At some point in time, I had a specific vision and purpose for this business of what it could do, of what I could create for myself. And suddenly now I am sitting in this weird and uncomfortable position where I'm actually making more money than I had imagined. Given that I have access to these resources, where do I want to invest them? How do I want to move through the world as someone with money? What do I need to learn? Do I need to hire an accountant or a financial manager? How do I want to sort of allocate the funds? Do I have... um, issues or, um, you know, social things that I care about that I want to be donating and be philanthropic with? What are my values? How do I want to spend this? And what's important to me? Once you can look at that and own it unapologetically, it's so much easier to be more matter of fact about it. But what you're sensing, that disconnect, I am going to be like bluntly honest here is um, 
you know, because I've been on both sides. I've been the person who's been with other people socially who make more money than I do. And I've been with people socially where I'm the one who has more income. I've been on both sides of this equation, right? And I can tell you there's absolutely an awkwardness that exists with the income discrepancies. Anybody who tells you that's not true is just trying to like blow, uh, you know, rainbows and unicorns up your behind. But you get to decide who you're going to be and how you manage it. You get to decide like how you're going to have the conversation, if you're going to have the conversation, how you're just going to be, you know, sort of unapologetically generous with people, how, you know, how you are going to be has to be a conscious choice. Otherwise, you get yourself in the reactive seat of that conversation and you start worrying about what other people are thinking and how other people are perceiving you and you just, you know, it sets you, it sets you down a road you don't really want to go on. And I, you know, I wanted to share, you know, sort of an example with you that just immediately came to mind um, when I read your letter. Um, I remember uh, in 2012, my husband finished medical school um, and we decided to celebrate his, you know, that achievement, um, becoming a doctor, even though he had all his like internship, residency and fellowship still to go. Um, we were going to go to Alaska um, and living in Massachusetts, uh, you know, close to a two week vacation in Alaska does not come cheaply. Um, and we had people saying, oh, you guys are so young. Like, that's like, that's what you do when you're retired or, whoa, that's a lot of money when you're, you know, sitting on a pile of medical school debts and you're not really going to be a real doctor for a while. And there were these subtle comments and people noticing that we were taking what I call like, you know, like a big vacation, right? Um, and we were still fairly young. I don't think we were like absurdly young for that kind of investment, but regardless, it got attention. And I remember being so mad and so pissed off so quickly. I didn't feel guilty. I didn't feel self-conscious. I was pissed. And I was pissed because how nice is it for them to be able to tell me I'm taking my big vacation too soon with my paraplegic husband who is not going to age well. And when they're in retirement and going on their trips to Italy, we're likely going to be homebound, probably in some sort of, you know, skilled nursing facility or with skilled nursing services so that he can have help and assistance. We have to live now as if we're retired because our retirement is not going to look like everyone else's. And that's my value. That's how I came to make sense of how I, you know, sort of spend money, don't spend money, invest and all of that. You have to make your same decision. You have to decide why that bottle of wine, why yes to that restaurant, why yes to that car, why yes to just paying for the table because you can and it'll be easy for you and it's, you know, like an easy gift for you. You have to make sense of that and come to it on your own terms because once you know that internally, because I'm not saying then you go and <laughs> you don't have to just tout it from the rooftops like I just did. But once you know that independently, you move with that self-awareness and that self-assuredness as you make decisions. And that confidence reads and it soothes other people. Because one of the things that happens is if you haven't made sense of your income level, if you haven't made sense of, you know, what... um 
privileges. I don't know what the word is to use here. I'm kind of sputtering about. I'm sorry. But if you haven't made sense of how you have different privileges and abilities as a result of your wealth, you are carrying that angst and that nervousness and all of your future interactions. And sometimes that's what they're picking up on. And that's what they're sort of sensing because it's calling attention to you spending money or not spending money. And then that's what makes it a thing. So if you can get right with yourself, then I think you're good. You know, the other the the other reality is is you just have to get used to the fact that some people are going to be jealous um you know, and there's this line that um, uh, John Lee Dumas always says is, you know, everybody has choices. Um, and I, I really do believe that, that a lot of times when people look at, you know, others' success, they, they get jealous. Um, and they don't really take stock and ownership for how they're contributing to their lack of wealth or their, you know, where they are in life or what's important to them. Um, it's so much easier to point a finger. So some of that is you're going to, you're going to have to make sense of that. But that isn't what's happening with your people. People who pull you off the ground after you've miscarried two babies, people who rescue you when your husband is out of work for two months, they don't give a shit what kind of car you drive. I promise you. They love you. You are family to them. That's what family does. So my story And my guess is, is if you can find a couple of more people who meet you where you're at, who reflect the current changes you're at, and if you maybe get over the money thing a little bit and do some work on that, you, my friend, are going to be just fine. And you could toss that beer on the lake. (laughs) Again, I'm totally picturing Lake Winnipesaukee. And um, you can enjoy a life with friends without guilt and without feeling self-conscious. I really appreciate your question. I I really enjoyed answering it today. I certainly hope you found help in it. And uh, if anybody wants my help and two cents on their life and their business and would like to know how I can help them with theirs, there's going to be a link in the show notes for an introductory call to talk about how you can work with me and how I might be able to help. Thanks so much for joining me today. I look forward to talking to you next time. Bye for now.